Alrighty, happy Tuesday, or I guess whenever you're listening to this, it's not a requirement you do it on Tuesday, though we do appreciate everyone who waits for the morning for it to come out. We got a lot going on today, so I want to go over the Twitter lawsuit. Uh, Coinbase had some news. The Evergrande bank over in China is the big one, definitely to touch on. Uh, iOS 15, we have, uh, I got some real estate stuff we can go over, and GM had a big product flop, which is always fun for a Ford guy. How you doing, Joey? <laughs> Doing good, doing good. Started my new position at work today, so it's been a crazy day, and it appears that the world is also just as crazy as my personal life. So can't complain there. The world is pretty nuts right now. So actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a, pull a curveball on you. Uh, let's do the real estate one first because that's kind of like a good intro topic. So because I know you just bought a house, and so the big debate that has just recently come out in the residential real estate industry has been all the regulators are saying, look. It's so expensive to buy a house, and it's not because the houses are expensive. Well, they are, but it's because you end up paying so much in fees at like constantly throughout the whole process, and they just slam you with random fees, and they said, well, at this point, it's really hurting the buyers. It's not actually helping the individuals. Is that something you experienced going through buying yours? Yeah, that was actually one of my biggest complaints, and I've complained about it to my dad and anyone else that would listen. <laughs> and uh, my girlfriend works in the real estate industry, so she was kind of used to it, but I was not prepared to pay, you know, $550 for an appraisal. And then you got to pay like $6,000 just to the lender to use them. Like not even for your loan. It's just for them to facilitate it. And then you got to pay like $10,000 to the title company, literally just to put a stamp on a piece of paper that says the house is yours and hand you it. Yep. <laughs> That's it's crazy. just like, they just pile up and all of a sudden it's like you opened your own bank and Every single day you get a new email from someone else asking for you, asking you for another check Jeez. and it's crazy. I mean, and uh, yep. I'm probably gonna end up paying for a home inspection as well at some point. We didn't make our offer contingent on one just because of the craziness of the real estate market right now, but obviously it would be beneficial to get one for our own knowledge, so. That's true. It's such an old political industry that I thought it was untouchable for the longest time, but like, I. I think our generation is going to be so frustrated with it that we're going to have to make a change. There's so much like fat that needs to be trimmed, so many fees and so many unnecessary things when the work doesn't actually really get done. Most of it's just automated. Oh yeah. And it is such an archaic process too. I've really learned. And it, I mean, it's no wonder that we had the housing crisis and the, and the crash back in 2008 and everything that went down because it is just so outdated. I mean, I have people faxing things to other people in 2021. The fact <laughs> that I had no to way. have someone fax my company, I didn't even know FedEx had a fax machine still. Yeah, they probably had to blow the dust off and wipe the cobwebs down. <laughs> yeah, it blew my mind. And it is. it just needs updated. And I feel like it could be streamlined and made so much easier. And the other thing is, I feel like there's too many hands in the cookie jar when it comes to buying a home. Mm -hmm. I've been in contact with at least five different people. And every single time I check my email, I have someone new who's <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to be working with you. And I have like, I close in two weeks and I have no clue who the hell you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir here is like, I work in the real estate industry. And that's the first thing I noticed like entering. I said, look, there is nothing efficient about this world at all. It is absolutely the most inefficient old process ever. And it's so resistant to technological change. Like it's coming no matter what, the technology companies are trying to fight through it. So did you find your house on like Zillow? Um, yeah, I think that is actually where uh, my girlfriend found it through and then she sent it to me and I loved it. And we went to go look at it 
that part was really easy getting one of our buddies as an agent so he was our agent we went and looked at it found it on zillow and everything was real easy it's once you put the offer in <laughs> that's when shit gets crazy well yeah they want to get you through the door and they want your money so that's how it works but i so even like you did the work on Zillow to find the house, which means that someone should not get paid a fee for that. Zillow should take a little bit of all like off the top because they did the work on there, but then all they have to do is just streamline the process past that. I, I just cannot imagine we can't find a better way to do this where there's less interaction because the more agents that are involved and the more interaction, the more fees, because you got to charge people for their time. But again, that's just, it's literally just wasted time. It's wasted space and wasted money. Yeah, what I don't really even understand, I mean, I know the need for the title company because I guess you need an attorney to facilitate the transaction. Sure, but contracts I don't are complicated. Get why I have to pay so much money to this company? Like, why can't I just have the bank check my history, see that I'm a, you know, a competent human being and a pretty credible person, <laughs> give me my loan, I'll write the check for the down payment, hand it to the sellers, shake hands, give me the keys, boom, done. Yeah, you know why? <laughs> because some people decided they wanted to go lobby and make more money. That's how it works. It's crazy. <laughs> Just wait till I tell you about how the accountant industry has a has stayed alive this long. Accountants literally exist mm -hmm. because of lawyers, but that's a, that's a topic for another day. That's just too much to go into. All right, I think we beat this one to death. Yeah, we can move on. Yeah, that, that was just get the gripes all out of the way because now we got really fun stuff coming up. So Twitter is in a massive lawsuit. And apparently this isn't new. Apparently this happened in 2015 and they've literally just been dealing with it up until now. They're paying over $800 million to get this thing disappeared, which was definitely more money six years ago, even though it doesn't seem like that long. It's still it's still significant amount more because we're talking in hundreds of millions. And the reason they got this lawsuit is so... Somebody came in and said, look, you've misled people, you've misled the investors about how many like active monthly users there are and how many timeline views happen. And that's important because Twitter makes over 80% of their revenue from ads. So those people who wanna advertise and wanna pay Twitter for their time, they need to know exactly how many people are actually gonna be seeing the platform. If you have a Twitter account, you already know there's bots everywhere. There are fake accounts. There's like thousands and thousands of them. People have burner accounts, which is a fake account you literally make so you can say whatever you want. It doesn't get traced back to you. That's crazy. So I, I kind of feel for Twitter at this point. I'm like, you know, it would be really tough because people are crafty. <laughs> if they want to if they want to create a fake account, it's not hard to do. It's going to be really tough for them to actually strategically measure what's going on. So, and I think... I could kind of like sense their frustration, I think, because they're literally like, look, here's the money. We're paying it in cash. We want this to just be done and we want to move on. We have a business to run. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, definitely a sticky situation there. And it would take a robust department of analysts to, oh, man. that have a deep knowledge of machine learning and different type of algorithms to even come close to snipping this out. You would have to evaluate activity, the email address that was used to sign up. Validate. Fake email addresses, everything. Yeah it would take a very long time to comb through all of their users. And then you have to think about how many people have like an account for business and then they have their personal account and mm -hmm. then they have an account for maybe a charity they run and then yep. an account for something that they volunteer their time into. Like one person could have four different accounts and all four accounts could be very legitimate. So I agree with that. And you got to remember, Twitter literally came out like, what, 2009, 2010? It wasn't that long ago. Because I mean, I think I joined in 2011. And I was definitely an early adopter. Like it was it was like Reddit. It was a weird little cult thing that nobody really was on. And then all of a sudden, one day I wake up and everyone's like, oh, everyone's on Twitter. I'm like, what the hell? Like, why, why wasn't it cool back when I started? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
in 2009, I think it was a little bit strange when someone had a Twitter. It was like, yep. oh, I'm on Facebook. Why are you on Twitter? And, and then all of a sudden, yep, it's absolutely weird to dads, not have a Twitter now. Yeah, all the moms and dads and, and grandmothers got on Facebook, and it was like, oh, guess we need to go to Twitter now. <laughs> so I think Twitter is absolutely one stupid proof and two regulation proof because I mean while they have to deal with this literally everyone in the United States is on Twitter like anyone you talk to and even while the older generations got on and you know they can be kind of cringy sorry if you're in the older generation some of the things you guys do online are a little cringy it is what it is but like even with that massive following coming back over it's invincible like everyone's still there everyone's still addicted to it and we just cannot we can't get off it's it's like the world's message board it's nuts so the funniest thing yeah. I've ever found, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. This is, this is good. You're going to like this. So the funniest thing mm -hmm. I've ever seen on Twitter, and I hope it's real, was the Buffalo Bills fan club of Uzbekistan. And I, I, again, I don't know if this is real. This was retweeted somewhere because they tweeted it in Uzbekistani or whatever they speak, and you hit the translate, and it translated to they were playing the Patriots at this time. It said, these patriotic men will know the fury of the grizzly bear that is Josh Allen. And this was like... <laughs> I, I lost it. I thought that was the funniest thing ever. Just imagining like the one cell tower in Uzbekistan and like the five dudes with a cell phone and one of them is watching the Buffalo Bills game tweeting this. I hope that's true. But that just, that proves like the massive far reach of this platform. That's incredible. And that's exactly kind of where my head was at. Uh, was just the flow of information and the speed at which you can get it from anywhere in the world through Twitter yep. is unrivaled through any other platform. Not even Facebook can come close to it. And I deleted my Twitter, not my account, but the app off my phone uh, months ago, probably back in March, because I just caught myself unconsciously going to the app anytime I was bored. And Constantly. sometimes being bored is okay and sitting there not doing anything. That's when they say the best ideas come to you. And I was like, I need to stop instinctively going to Twitter and reading and searching for information. But now I want to download it again, because the only time I ever even use it is for information on the Steelers. When TJ Watt got hurt, Yesterday, the first thing I did was go to Twitter.com because I still have the app deleted and search TJ Watt's name. And I was like, what happened? What is it? Please tell me we didn't just pay this guy $120 million from the Terrace ACL. And it was just a groin injury. Thank God. It's funny. We do go to Twitter for these kind of things. And all right. So the, there's a couple other layers to this and we'll hit them and then we're going to move on. So the other reason Twitter is invincible is it's really, really easy to build communities there. It is so like it's a tool to find what you're interested in. And while Reddit is another platform for that and Facebook too, I, Facebook's not oriented towards that. And Reddit is quite literally the deepest rabbit hole, I think, on the, the Internet. It's the deepest rabbit hole of all time. You can go on there and you're going to you're going to wake up in two hours and be like, what did I just do? I have no idea. Twitter's pretty easy. Like if you want to if you want to go look at cars, you can go look at cars. If you're interested in startups, you can find startups. Technology, easy enough. Blah blah blah. Political views, my god, there's too many of them. But I the building the community is great because I mean, as my boy Naval Ravikant, my favorite favorite person on Twitter and favorite investor and philosopher guy, as he always says is like building the community is a positive sum game, which means if everyone comes together, the product is increased and the value is increased. When everyone's just kind of pushing things like on LinkedIn, this is a big problem too, I think. LinkedIn has its flaws because everyone is all trying to sell themselves or sell something. When everyone's trying to sell and no one wants to buy, nothing happens. It's, it, nothing, it, nothing is created. That's it. So in Twitter, everyone's trying to, like, you can go on to consume the information and whatever, you can consume whatever you want on Twitter. It's easy enough. But there's also just as many people offering. And the offering and the consuming come together to make a community. 
and you know, I actually, I think that's a great thing. So it has its flaws, but it's still a very useful platform. Oh yeah. And it's not going anywhere anytime soon. I don't think so either. I love it. All right. We killed that one. So Coinbase, we got Coinbase news and you know, I love my crypto platforms, my decentralized finance goodness. And about a month ago, this was a big talk in the crypto world. So Coinbase was like the first big major platform. They had their IPO. So they're a publicly traded company. They are ruled by the shareholders. And now that they're ruled by the shareholders, they're also the rule. They're ruled by daddy SEC and the SEC is, has one job and their, their one job in life is protect the investors. And they can't do that whenever they're diving into an industry that is not governed by a central bank. They have no say. All they can do is tattle and hope for the best. So what happened was about a month ago, Coinbase came out and said, look, we're going to offer yield, like yield farming and lending. So what that means is that if you are an owner of any of these tokens or coins, you can lend them to the greater market and say, hey, you can use these. I'm, they're up for grabs. I'm not going to call them back for two months. And so that adds liquidity, which makes trades go through faster and cheaper. It's good for everyone. Liquidity is great on an open market. It's essential, actually. So they and then, you know, they offer interest rates, but their interest rates were fantastic. They were like seven to 12 percent. I mean, a guaranteed seven to 12 percent investment is incredible. Why would you ever invest in anything else? Because, I mean, like the S&P 500 is well known that you're going to make seven to nine percent annually over a long enough period of time. It's just what you're going to get. Uh, but you could beat that in a speculative market and then also time it and do better. You can see why that would be an issue for the central banks and the SEC and people like that. They're, they immediately were like all over it. So, uh, you know, our boy Gary over there was like, you need to not do this. Um, if you offer this lending platform, we're going to come for you and we're going to absolutely sue you into the ground. And the Coinbase CEO took to, surprisingly enough, Twitter and had this big, long thread about, man, it's really sketchy behavior that they're doing. I just wanted to tell us like why this constitutes a security, blah, 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 blah. And basically the SEC said, we don't have to tell you anything. We're the big dogs. Take it down or we're going to do this. So they caved. We finally got the announcement today that they caved and they said, we're not going to do it, which is a bummer. That is a bummer, hindering progress. Yeah. But, well, I mean, I they're doing it. their job. In the end, so, yep. In the end, if their goal is to protect people, I mean, I guess. But we always talk about letting people, you know, learn from getting burned. Right. So obviously, it'd be bad if someone risked their whole life savings and went from living a nice, comfortable life to on the streets. But well, it's a really, <laughs> you know, it's a tough balance because you have to, you have to think like if we have, if we have a large enough following and a large enough people on these platforms doing these practices, do we hit another 2008 scenario? Do we create another financial crisis or do enough people learn early on that it's sort of like, uh, it's like a slope, like nice and easy, like enough people are failing and learning at the same time that it doesn't really hurt overall. I don't know. You know, I, I it's hard for me to blame a regula a regulatory body, even though I'm I'm pretty open free markets and all it's pretty hard to blame them looking at something like this and saying, Yeah, we should allow this. The issue comes from other platforms that are not publicly traded are all still doing this and they're doing it rampantly and people are making a ton of money. Yeah. People making money is a good thing. I mean <laughs> Fair can't, enough. <laughs> can't argue that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You got anything else on that one or we're moving on? Uh ready to move on. Okay. This is the third one, and then you're going to get a big turn. But I, I had to knock these big three because th these are these are all worth talking about. I think so. Mm -hmm. This is the first time hearing about this. I guess it was a big big event this past weekend. A big old Chinese bank and an investment bank called Evergrande, uh, one word, 
it came to light that they have just an enormous amount of debt coming due at the end of September and that no one actually thinks they're going to be able to pay it. Debt, it's interest debt. So they owe a whole bunch of interest on loans that are due in like March and July next year. So they're all coming out, but their interest payments are due now. And all the, you know, the big companies are looking at them saying like, there's no way they're going to be paid this much amount of interest. So what's happening is we have all the opinions coming out that are like, well, if they don't pay it, one, what does that mean for the rest of the world? Two, what does that mean for China specifically? And three, what does it mean for their investors even more specifically? The second debate right now is, will the Chinese government bail them out? Uh, nobody seems to really have a clear answer. I, I think this is interesting because it's, you know, the Chinese Communist Party runs everything. Like they, they absolutely have their hand in it. It's like when Jack Ma, do you know who Jack Ma is? Um, I've heard the name, not familiar though. Chinese Elon Musk. That's about all you need to know. Yep, yep, yep that's him. He's the Ali Baba, right? Yep, fantastic entrepreneur, but he basically had shackles put on him because he wouldn't listen to them and play by their rules. So either way, as this is all happening, it's gonna be fun to watch it play out. And I think we're probably gonna have a good answer by the end of the week, maybe the next week about what's gonna happen. And everyone was like, everyone on the internet today was like, oh my God, is it 2008 all over again? What I kind of saw was interesting. It was a lot of portfolio managers and investment company people were like, no, not really. And everyone said, why? And they said, well, it's because their debts are spread out over a ton of different funds and like small banks. So they don't have all their money consolidated in one ginormous pile. It's spread thin across a thousand different things. So if all of them crater at once, you know, it's gonna be like a small ripple instead of a massive ripple. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it right now. Not not going to collapse the world. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. But I just can't wait to see what the Chinese government says. They always they are such a fun drama to watch. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't even make a guess on what they'll do. I mean, if I had to if I had to assume, I would guess they probably won't bail them out. You don't think so? But who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it benefits them to bail them out, they probably will or at least help. But uh, if they don't won't benefit the government then they'll just probably let them die yeah that's probably true i guess it really yeah it really just depends on where your friends in high places are all right i've been on my pedestal for long enough you're up all right yeah so today apple launched their new ios operating uh software their big update it comes every year uh we're on number 15 now believe it or not ios Jeez, 15. So <laughs> the the reason we're talking about it uh and going in depth on it because i feel like I, mean, I don't know if it's just America, but 95% of people have an Apple device and like really can't get away from it at this point because of how ingrained our society is in group messages and iMessage, FaceTimes, and pretty much the entire, I, I call it an ecosystem. Yeah. Because the, they've so seamlessly linked the iPad, the MacBook, the iPhone, their headphones. It's all integrated. The Apple and App now Store. You have the Apple That's Car. a big one. Yeah. Yep. So... Uh, it's a big deal. Um, they did advise today, though, uh, to wait until ne next week to update your devices due to a bunch of bugs that are getting worked out. But uh, some improvements that came with it, uh, not as big as some um, iOS updates in the past, but there is an improved FaceTime. And you see Apple copying other platforms like Zoom and trying to get in on that action of being a viable platform for the classroom and workplace. Mm -hmm. They've uh, put in a grid view for multiple person calls and made it so that you can now share a FaceTime link with others, kind of like with Zoom. So you could set up a meeting and email out the link and you can click on the link and jump in. 
Um, they also added new options for the microphone and sound, um, which will eliminate the extra noise around you. Um, that way, like I said, it's more viable for meetings. Uh, I really do think they want to make a push to compete with Zoom and get into this workplace uh, in virtual classroom environment. Um, but in addition to FaceTime improvements, they've also improved the organization and the ability to optimize your focus and productivity. And I thought this was one of the coolest things. So you can actually have different profiles for your home screen. Um, and it comes with a couple presets. You have the work profile, personal profile, and sleep profile. And uh, you can create up to 10 different profiles. But what it does, it will hide different apps. It won't delete them, but you won't be able to view them on your phone. Uh, at certain times of the day or certain geographies, it can be GPS based or time based. So let's say if you start your work day at 9 a.m., um, you can have it set so that your entire phone changes at 9 a.m. You won't get text messages from anyone who isn't a coworker of yours. Um, and you won't be a, you won't see Twitter, Instagram, any of that on your phone. You'll just see your phone app, your calendar, whatever else you need at 9 a.m. And then at 5 p.m., all of a sudden, you'll start getting texts from your friends and family again, anyone who isn't a coworker. Uh, Twitter will be on your home screen again. Uh, anything that you uh, do for pleasure in your personal time will reappear on your phone. And um, that, that's just one example of a you know personal and a work profile. I'm not sure what the sleep profile will entail. Yeah, you're but, sleeping, uh, you cool, use your phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's one of the cool little you know quality of life improvements. So I don't know if I'll use them but I'm sure people out there will use them to their benefit. I absolutely love the profile idea. I can't believe I can't believe I didn't think about that cuz I mean, you know, the big debate nowadays is work-life balance. It's now that now that you can you can do most work from home, it's how the heck do you actually disconnect your life and your work because it's healthy to disconnect. I I totally disagree with all the people who are like you need to always be on blah 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 and I'm like no 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 no. I think you need to have some rest because you're not going to perform well if you don't have some. A little bit of disconnect is good and it keeps you human. It reminds you that we're all, you know, we're all people. So being able to do that's really, cause you know, the first thing I, I heard whenever you were saying that is like, oh, people are gonna complain. They're gonna say, oh, it's just the capitalist machine trying to make us more productive. And I'm like, no, 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 let's take the other side of that. It's gonna help you disconnect from work whenever you get home and you, you wanna like actually unwind your brain for a minute. I love that you said that because I didn't even, my brain didn't even go that way. I went the, you went the, the initial way you said, people are gonna view it as, oh yeah, we need to eliminate Twitter during the work day. Um, no, I love the way you said that. So if you do use your personal phone for work, you can reverse it and have it so that none of your coworkers can contact you after five or clients. And it's like, That's what I will thinking. talk to you in the morning. Yep, yep. And obviously there's some industries where you do need to be on all the time or else you're just not gonna succeed. And I totally get that. Some people are wired for that, but everyone is wired differently. And I think it's time, it's time we start accepting that and start planning a little more for it. You know, mental health is like a big talk these days. And I mean, it's an industry that I don't think really existed besides like shrinks 50 years ago. But, you know, the past 10 years, it's become such a big topic, especially with our generation who we really care about it. You know, our lives are good enough that we actually have time to think about our mental health, which is a blessing and a curse. Oh, my God. Anytime someone complains about it, I'm like, look, wait a minute. You, you don't have to worry about where your food comes from. Like you, you have a roof over your head. You're good. If you've solved these major problems and the biggest problem in your life is are you happy? That's that's a good problem to have because you have time to think about it. You're not worried about surviving. Yep, that's a good life to have. And it's funny you brought that up um, because I saw a video today and it was like a little 30 second clip and it was poking fun at 
at um, the Generation Z and their work habits. And we talk about it all the time, how they, no one wants to go work at a Baskin Robbins or a McDonald's. Yeah. But uh, the video was like, this new generation is dangerous. I saw one of my coworkers come into work and say, my only role is do not make fun of Harry Potter. And my manager said, Harry Potter's stupid. And my coworker said, say that again, and I will quit. And the manager called the bluff and said it was stupid again. And it was this guy's second day of work and he quit yep. and went home. Yep. And there was another one the guy said where someone started working at like a Baskin Robbins and uh, and told the manager, I don't work Mondays. And the manager called the bluff and scheduled him for Mondays and he just didn't go into work. Oh and was like, God. I quit. I don't work Mondays. They need them. <laughs> they absolutely, for now, they need them for now. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, it's a crazy world. But enough of that tangent. Uh, back on a couple other improvements uh, real quick. These are little things. Uh, this new thing called live text, where you can point your camera at anything with text on it. It can be an address, a book, um, a math problem, and it will translate it to text right away and allow you to highlight and copy it in anything you want, whether it's a text message or maybe a notes app you write on. Oh my God. Um, another update. Uh, they moved the URL bar in Safari down to the bottom of the screen to make it easier for you to use while holding it in one hand, the phone itself. Well, I don't know about um, that one. That's going to mess me up. Yeah, it oh. said it goes away whenever you start scrolling, but uh, I'm sure there'll be an option to move it back to the top. I don't know. That's, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's how big our things. phones have gotten at this point, that yeah. we're moving stuff to the bottom. Uh, yeah. Don't take away my home button. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah, one of those I've things, right? I've been a home button for a while. It's, yeah. The Safari search thing but, on top is a key. It's very important and that's going to ruin my life. So I need to be very careful here. I don't know why. Like, I don't know why it bothers me so much, but I'm, I'm just not going to be able to adjust to that. <laughs> yeah. One other uh, update, they improved the Maps app. I know oh, thank in the God. past we've gone on tangents about how much we don't like Apple Maps. Or John doesn't like Apple Maps. Hate I it. live and die by Apple Maps. Oh. Uh, my dad hates Apple Maps. It will drive but, you into the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. <laughs> they said they've made improvements. And... Uh, one of the specific things is uh, when you're on a highway now and you have an interchange, it'll show you in 3D so you have a better idea of which lane you need to be in. Great um, I don't necessarily know what 3D means or how specific that'll be, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, they probably, I think they'd probably come from more like the driver angle, like they'd lower it down like you were in like a third person view over the car just so you can kind of see where cars are around that. But also, I mean, are they like linking it to traffic cameras? I think that would be the next step just to predict traffic movement. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Uh, but I guess the way you put it though, with the 3D view, maybe they took a page out of Tesla's book. I'm not sure if anyone ever saw a map in a Tesla before, but yeah, they, they uh, do a good job. They kind of have the lanes laid out for you and everything. I've only ever been in a Tesla one time, but that's kind of where my head went. And uh, that's pretty much the end of the improvements. There's other little things and updates to like the health app, the weather app. They added a new shared with you page. Uh, it's like a tab where if your friends share something with you in messages, it'll store everything that's shared with you in one place. So you don't have to go looking for an, an image or something that got sent your way that you lost. But uh, yeah, overall, you know, minor quality of life upgrades uh, comes out at the same time as the iOS, uh, or not iOS, the new Apple iPhone 13. So um, I don't know, we'll see how it goes, see if people like the changes or if, uh, if there's any more bugs, how long it takes to squash these bugs. So all good stuff. Did you catch that emergency update last week? Because like this comes hot on the heels of that. Do you remember seeing that? Um, I think I 
did. It was uh, early last week. They basically put out like an emergency press release and they're like, yo, people from Russia have hacked everything. You need to download this yeah. update right now. And I was like, well, okay. So I never update my phone. I updated it and I was like, whatever. I don't really care. I'd, I'd rather not risk losing everything on my phone. But um, this is pretty hot on the heels of that. <laughs> Everyone's already yeah, forgotten about it. I got that it. update actually at work. Yeah, they like emailed us at work and we're like, hey, you need to update your work phone immediately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Well, whatever works, I guess. They must have fixed it. But all right, you ready to move on? Yep, on to the next one. All right, this is going to be an easy transition because you mentioned Tesla and now I, I immediately have Tesla thoughts going through my head. Did you see the video that Elon Musk uh, tweeted the other day of the Tesla self-driving? So I'm not a fan of the whole self-driving thing yet, but I got to admit this this kind of like it's kind of got me licking my lips. It was it was awesome. So it was a video. It was, it was slightly sped up, so it looks faster than it was. But it was like a minute and a half, two minute video of Tesla auto driving itself, just navigating through a pretty complicated little suburbs area. Like there was a lot of traffic going on. There was roundabouts it had to handle. It had stop signs. It had traffic lights. It handled everything you would basically take care of on like a daily commute. And it did it flawlessly. Like people were crossing the streets and it knew not to go when the people were going. And I, I'm, I'm just wondering if maybe this technology is quicker than I thought it was because I've been on the like, okay, this is not even going to be conceivable for the next 10 years. Like 2030, maybe we'll begin to really start thinking about it. Man, if I can literally hop in my car in 2025 and have it drive me 300 miles and me take a nap and wake up in a new city, I am going to be the happiest camper of all time. Here's my question for you. Did it drive past the police officer without spearing it in the side of the vehicle? <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> that was probably the... <laughs> always somehow happen to hit officer. Elon can't do it three times. He said after two, he's like, all right, if we do it three times, they're going to catch on to me. They're going to know that. Yeah, I'm trying to make a statement here. No, there were no cops. That is the fun. I can't wait till that happens. I, I don't want it to happen again because I don't want people to get hurt, but it's going to be really funny if it does and there's no like human consequence because, you know, th there's a reputation at that point. It's like, all right, Tesla's the auto drive, all hit cops. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be, if it does happen again, or at least two or three more times, there's got to be something baked into the code that either Elon put in there or some programmer put in there because they just don't like officers. Yep. And on the other side, there was another video I saw where somebody was doing the self-driving in their car and the car almost ran and hit like five pedestrians that were crossing at once. Like the car like purposely turned into the people. <laughs> like, so I was like, well, that's a bad look. And you see the guy at the last second catch the wheel and like wave and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm again, I'm not bullish on it yet. I'm saying it's not there, but it was a really impressive showing. And I'm, I'm glad he did that uh, just to kind of prove that like, all right, it's coming. But at the same time, I the car wants 10 points for hitting people. Whew. <laughs> hey then it begs a whole nother conversation which we don't have to get into right now but are we moving towards skynet in the terminator movies i think about that sometimes i use siri relentlessly like i text in siri when i'm driving constantly i'm always talking to it because i'm like i can get all these things done and then i can get to where i need to go and I'll, i could just sit there in silence and be like i'm good to go this is great i did all my stuff so i I love Siri and I, I tell her thank you every single time I use her because I, I kind of figure, you know, like that tiny little bit of karma might actually help in the future. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm good with Siri. It's Alexa that I don't trust this one. <laughs> you mean, man. You mean Jeff and Bezos' new wife? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. That is scary. I will never, 
have an Amazon Echo or Dot in my house. I don't like them. They freak me out. And it was funny because my mom's been talking about retirement now for a while. Um, and she was like, what am I going to do after I retire? She's like, oh, maybe I'll go work and be a, be a driver for Amazon or something. That'll be fun. Sure enough, a postcard shows up at the house talking about the benefits of driving for Amazon for yep. Molly. Oh, yeah. And we have an Amazon Alexa in the kitchen. She's like, well, how'd they know I said that? I was like, it 100% picked it up. Alexa. Oh, yeah. Right there. Yep. And you said you would be a driver for Amazon. I was like, how do you think it happened? It's exactly right. I, I I actually bet that that's probably what happened is it probably picked up the keywords and did that. And you know what the funniest thing is? Like, all I could think of was like, yeah, it did that. And the automated drone just flew by and dropped it off. <laughs> it's like, we need people. <laughs> yeah. Did you know one in 150 people in the United States work for Amazon? Wow. That's I, terrifying. Think, think about how many that is. That's a lot. What? I, he could organize his own militia if he wanted. I will. <laughs> so, you know, there's all the complaints about their work environments too and how they don't get bathroom breaks. There's an Amazon commercial that, all right, they're really pushing the whole like we're pro labor, all this good stuff because Hulu sends me Amazon commercials whenever I'm watching Hulu. And it's this, it's, it's a man of an Asian persuasion just coming on and he's like, Amazon was there for me, you know, when my, my brother died, my mom died, blah, blah, you know, they, they really helped me realize my dream of becoming like a registered nurse and all this stuff. And it's super like heartfelt touching story. And like, you know, they paid for my student loans and all this thing. And I'm like, well, I mean, you're the first person to say stuff like this. Everyone else is like, they literally don't let us go to the bathroom because it lowers production. <laughs> Who do we believe? <laughs> Isn't that a scary thought? All I got to say is everything Amazon puts out itself, take it with a grain of salt because it's all propaganda in the end. Yeah. I think so too. They're a scary machine. Them and Apple. Mm. It's soon to be Tesla, Titan. I think. Titans of the industry. The modern day Rocker, Rockefeller and Carnegie's. I yeah, that's a good way of putting it. All right, we got one more big one to hit real quick, then we'll wrap her up. Sound good? Sounds like a plan. All right, it's an easy one. So I just wanted to touch on it. GM uh, finally announced that they're gonna replace the batteries in the Chevy Bolt. And it's the Chevy Bolt is their weird little hatchback that it's, uh, small electric uh i don't know it's lame i i, I kind of hate it i'm trying to think of like nice things to say about it but it's one of those cars you look at and you're like <laughs> this is just not a cool car it's not fun and the fact that they started to catch on fire and explode a few years ago i was like oh it serves you right you made a really lame car hope nobody got hurt but uh i have the numbers here yeah they had at least 13 fires that were linked to these batteries that they Ooh. developed i don't know if they built the batteries themselves what they did but that's not the main takeaway i want to get here so you probably don't remember but I remember because it's a great story that's well told. It was in the 80s when the Ford designed a car called the Ford Pinto. And the Ford Pinto had one very unique problem. Its gas tank was uh, located in a very unfortunate spot to where when somebody rear-ended the car, the car exploded immediately. And um, that's really bad. So a lot of people died. And Ford, and God love Ford for what they are, but holy cow. So instead of doing the recall and fixing it, they literally just paid the lawsuits for the families, like like for the dead people. That's horrible, that's absolutely horrible. And I, they got away with it, totally scot-free. Nobody talks about it anymore. But So it bummed me out because their Chevy stock price dropped like 4% today off that news. And I was like, they just lost, like 4% on a massive company like that is a whole lot of money. This company lost a lot of money for, for admitting that they did something wrong and going into a really costly recall. Like I, 
also have the numbers here. Yeah, it's gonna cost them almost $2 billion to do the recall. That is a lot of money and they're doing it so that nobody else gets hurt and so that everyone's fine and you know they don't damage their brand or anything. It bummed me out that they're getting like, you know, punished for that. Yeah, that's a shame. I do remember learning about the Ford Pinto in college, in undergrad. It, I think we did a case study on them. Oh, um, sure. <laughs> in one of my business classes, yeah. And you know, it is a shame that Chevy, GM, doing the right thing, making sure more people don't explode, <laughs> are getting dinged so hard for it. But two billion is a—that's a hefty price tag, man. It is. All right, the super dark silver lining. We've definitely trimmed the uh, trimmed the pool of people who have really bad car taste. <laughs> it's true. Maybe people think twice before buying something from GM. Yep. But you know, like then you see cars from like Lucid Motors is my favorite one because they went IPO and they've done pretty well for themselves so far. I think I actually can't confirm that their car is beautiful. They have this electric sedan; it's gorgeous, and it go, it's got like 500 miles or something in the uh, the charge. It's fantastic. That's the way you do an electric car. Nail it. Get it sporty. Get it right. Make it awesome. Don't make it a hatchback, please, for the love of God. Nothing against hatchbacks. Just we need more sports cars. We need more sports cars and more awesome trucks. We don't need more hatchbacks and SUVs. We need less of those things. We have way too many in every single market. That's so true. Get tired of looking at them on the road. Yeah, they're all the same thing. I know the Europeans absolutely adore them, but you know, I'm hoping America stays strong a little bit longer. <laughs> yep, we're not Europe. <laughs> all righty, I'm ready to wrap up if you are. Yeah, ready to wrap up. It was a long one today, so I, I'll, hold, I'll hold the quote for uh, Friday's episode. All righty, super special. Well... I'll leave you with one since Joey, you're going to be slacking, I guess. Uh, this is from my, oh, my boy, Naval. Naval, you know what? You're going to like this. It'll be all right. Cause it actually ties to something you said uh, earlier. So Naval said the true test of happiness and this is paraphrasing actually, but I, I listen to him constantly and I love him. The true test of happiness is being able to sit in a room with yourself for 30 minutes and be okay. I don't, I'd like to challenge everyone to try to do that. Cause I, I know for a fact I can't, I would go crazy and it's a hard thing to do. He admitted it, but most of us just can't do that anymore. Like we're always, we're checking Twitter, doing something. I love that. And it makes me happy. I'm saving mine for Friday because, um, <laughs> that resonates with me. Uh, it's, it's a great practice to get into because I've noticed in my life over the summer, attention span I, down, you go from one thing to the next you, Yeah. You try to plan out your day. It's like, okay, I'm going to play video games. Soon as you're done playing video games, what am I going to watch on TV? Mm -hmm. Soon as you're done watching something on TV, what book am I going to read? Soon as you're done reading back to video games. And it's like, do I ever just sit there and A, not look at a screen or B, not take in information or a story or something? Like, do you ever just like not do anything? My life hack for that, and I know we're running past when we said we were, my life hack for that is cooking. I found that I absolutely love cooking and cooking's a time to where your brain is being productive and thinking about processes. But at the same time, I'm like you can basically do nothing while doing something. So that's how I've kind of hacked myself. And I, I cook the same thing every week and I meal prep it because it's really healthy and it's nice. but. It's a good hour and a half in which I am just absorbing. It's wonderful. So highly recommend that. Mm -hmm. Love it. Definitely a practice I'm going to take up here once I move out in the next two weeks. So. All righty. Well, that wraps us up. Friday? Yep, Friday. All See you then. See you then.